Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of the Neo Win Podcast. I'm Rich Woods. And I'm Jean Karashkaira. And All I'm right. very excited for this week. Uh, oh, I know you are. I know. Well, we'll get there. Don't worry. We'll get there. Yeah. That was, that's that's going to be the last thing. But yeah. Did you do anything fun this week? You know, how was how how's your week? How are you doing? Uh, good, good. It was fine. Nothing really stands out i i just wrote a review that's coming out tomorrow i'm excited for that i didn't i did enjoy yeah, writing i'm excited for that too because i know how much you want to write reviews you know <laughs> <laughs> i really do love writing them um, yeah i know that's great that's great <laughs> you know so uh i just got a i just got a new lenovo gaming laptop it's uh so it's, it's the legion y540 they sent me and it's got the gtx 1660 ti i'm excited to try it out you know um, I haven't, I haven't tried the new GTX graphics cards. I've, I've, I've tried the new RTX and desktop and laptop flavors. And, um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where the GTX 1660 Ti lands. I know that according to benchmarks, it's not quite on par with like a GTX 1080, but, um, like it should be pretty cool. I'm, I'm I've installed a bunch of games on it cause I got game pass ultimate. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's more of a mid-range card, really, just a, an upgrade for people on, like, the 960 still. People haven't upgraded in a while. Well, 1062, right? I mean, it, it should be much better than a 1060. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's super cheap, isn't it? Isn't it like 160 bucks? They I, I don't remember the price, but yeah, it, it is much cheaper than the yeah, RTX I'm, ones. Maybe it was a 1650 that was, like, 150 bucks or 160 bucks, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's still much cheaper, like you said, much cheaper than the RTX ones. But um, you know what doesn't require high-end graphics? Windows 1. <laughs> Windows Hopefully. 1. So Hopefully. last week we talked about this. Microsoft had teased Windows 1.0. And um, I think at the time we only um, suspected that it would have something to do with Stranger Things 3. And then, it, then they kind of... Um, they, I think they teased over the weekend they, they a Netflix promo. So, like, we knew it was Stranger Things uh, Season 3. So now uh, they announced Windows 1.11. It's an app in the Microsoft Store. They also announced some uh, coding workshops, which actually look kind of cool. I might check them out in the Microsoft Store. And then they also have a little uh, Stranger Things arcade cabinet Xbox giveaway. So have you tried out yeah. the new app yet? I actually just installed it before the podcast started, and I haven't really had the chance to to do much with it. Yeah, I installed it as soon as it came out, and I I only used it a few minutes before the podcast started. <laughs> but uh, they're very clear; it's it's not like an OS and an app. Like, but I, I I told you last week, I, I was gonna write the title: um, Microsoft releases Windows one point one one days after killing MS DOS Mobile because they killed the Windows Phone Store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's not like it's not like an actual. It's more of um. It's more of a. Do you watch Stranger Things? No, I don't. That's why uh, this news is kind of yeah. I I well, I don't know if I even understand the concept of all that well. Well, nobody's perfect, but, but um, <laughs> it's uh it's really um. First of all, you should watch Stranger Things before you use the app. It's kind of a game. Uh, from what I from what I use of it, it's kind of a game, kind of like a puzzle. Um, and, and there's a lot of like Stranger Things clips in there. You're not actually, it's not actually Windows one in an app. It's, it's more of a, it's more of a Stranger Things thing than anything else, but it's kind of cool if you're into the show. So you might not even want to bother opening it, 
Yeah, I was just gonna open to know something, but I probably would have no idea. So. Well, you should watch Stranger Things. <laughs> it's an excellent I'm, show. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I, I I need to get Netflix. I don't have Netflix. So. Oh my God! I have a friend that doesn't have Netflix, and I tell him how <laughs> insane he is all the time. Now I get to tell you. I have two <laughs> friends that don't have Netflix. This is mind-boggling. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I just don't don't watch that much TV. Although I've been complaining about Netflix a lot on Twitter lately. I guess. Oh so- yeah, I've seen that. A lot, yeah, and and people get mad at me because because I point out that their prices keep going up, um, and we're paying for crappy original content, and then like people respond to me with like the obvious response, like, well, what about Stranger Things? Like, yeah, Stranger Things is awesome. Like, and Netflix has a lot of awesome shows, uh, but if you look, like, you can look it up on Wikipedia, the list of original Netflix content. There's like hundreds of shows. Or if you look at the stuff that's coming to Netflix next month, it's Netflix original, Netflix original. And like 99% of the stuff is stuff you haven't even heard of. And it's like they keep raising the price. You're paying for all this stuff. So $16 a month now. Like it used to be like 8 bucks a month. So $16 a month now. If you're paying for one good show a month, is it really worth it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's not really uh. So these coding camps look, look kind of cool. Uh, there's a, a rule the arcade one where um, you can use make code arcade to make your own video game. There's a strangeify your world one where you can uh, use mixed reality to, to create a Stranger Things inspired uh, show or story. It's uh, I might go check it out. I'm not going to register because uh, it's not really my thing. But I might go to the Microsoft store and just kind of uh, watch. Mm-hmm. You know? I yeah, don't know I guess you're into this show. Yeah, yeah. For for those of us that have Netflix, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the exactly. deal is with that Xbox Arcade cabinet, though. I don't know if there's actually an Xbox in there or or what it is. But... Oh yeah, I went to look at the the rules now because I wanted to understand it too. I, I was looking at the the rules for the giveaway. Apparently, it's just for display. I don't. From what I understand, there's nothing in there. I guess. What? That's terrible. And that's... Yeah, that is unfortunate. I was I would hope <laughs> that the, the Xbox would be in there, or if that's not possible, just have the display and then like an HDMI port to, so you can just like make it look cool. But yeah, yeah. no, that's not a thing. That's dumb. That's sad. Yeah. But you know, if you, if you like connecting stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I didn't look into it because I don't do giveaways. You know, I um. I got enough hardware sent to me. I don't. I don't do giveaways. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was just looking to to know to see if they clarify it. Yeah. I can run for it because it's only for people in the U.S. and I don't deserve anything, so that's fine. It's fine. Yes, yes. All giveaways <laughs> are U.S. only. Unfortunately, <laughs> international shipping is just so expensive. You know? is, and then you is. have like, like taxes, like when when you send stuff to other countries. Um, I don't oh, believe yeah. we have taxes if you send stuff to the United States. Uh, no, I have. I've never paid anything. Very. <laughs> I've shipped stuff to the U.S. It's expensive for the shipping itself, but I don't think I have to pay any taxes or anything. Yeah, I, I remember because like a lot of stuff is so much more expensive if you buy it outside of the United States. And and I would tell people like, look, I'll just buy it and I'll send it to you. Just send me the money, and, and they'll be like, oh no, no, no. After taxes, it's going to be even more expensive. Yeah, that is that's the problem. 
Nice. Uh, there's stuff that I've tried to do that, import some stuff from the US, not worth it. Yeah. So the Windows 1.11 app, it has it has paint and terminal apps, but they're not like real paint and terminal apps from what I saw. You know, um, like, like it, it, when you open the app, it kind of directs you to, it, it'll, it'll show you a list of files and it directs you to the one that, that it wants you to open. And um, like it kind of flickers. So the first one you open it, it well, I don't know if it's the first one, but uh, when it tells you to open paint, it's like um, you kind of shade in an area and, and then it just kind of just brings up something else and then takes you to like a, a clip from Stranger Things. So it would have been nice. Like, I, like, I, I love that, that old school software. Like I love just using it and kind of playing around with it, you know. I would have liked it if it was just a Windows 1.0 app, you know. That would be interesting as well. I, I'd probably play with that a little more than the Stranger Things. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah, I I got to play I got to play with Windows 1.0 at the Living Computers Museum in Seattle. It was so cool, so much fun, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. as a a short burst thing, it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I never use it as a daily driver or something, but it's it's cool to like check out these things. Um, but you know, you know, at the Living Computers Museum in Seattle, they have all these old computers, and um, they all work. So, so you can just sit down and play with them. I played chess with one where you actually have to use a real chessboard and tell you, and you tell it like where you move a piece to, and then it tells you where to move its piece to. It was, it's cool. Oh, okay. All right, July twenty nineteen Xbox update. Pretty boring update, version nineteen oh seven. So it's boring because it's it's um the month it's a monthly feature update. So so these kind of come out in between the major ones, and I think they get less they they get more and more minor as time goes on. Because I think I think they have a certain feature set they want to put in nineteen oh four. Some of it gets pushed back to nineteen oh five. Some of it gets pushed back to nineteen oh six, and then we get whatever's left over in nineteen oh seven. And um, so there's a couple, there's a, um, there's new game pass features where um, there's a play later feature, which is actually kind of useful where you can, uh, you know, there's over a hundred games in Xbox game pass and you could choose play later. So you know, which ones you want to play later. You could keep better track. <laughs> there's, a, yeah. there's Amazon Alexa support in more countries, um, not Portugal. Obviously. So, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Mexico, and Spain. And you could also ask it Game Pass-related questions. So you can say, like, what's new on Game Pass? What's leaving Game Pass this month? What's popular on Game Pass? That's actually pretty nice. It is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't use Alexa. I don't use yeah. voice assistants. Yeah, you know? I, me neither. I just think it's a, an interesting integration. It makes perfect sense for, for what it is. So that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, it's... You could do. I, it seems like you could do more with Alexa for Xbox now than you can with Cortana. That's not oh. difficult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean for Xbox stuff though, you would think that Cortana would be the way to go, uh, but maybe not. Um, so, so after this, it should be it should be version nineteen ten, which is nineteen H two, which has been in testing since like March with no new features. Yep. But it does have something interesting this week because there's a new build in the skip ahead ring. Yeah. 
Yeah. And no one we did not see this coming, but they actually changed the major bill number. So... Yeah. 18363.7004. Um very strange because they confirmed last week when we ended our Where is Windows 10 19H2 segment. And um <laughs> They, they they confirmed that that 19H2 is going to come to Windows 10 PCs as a cumulative update, and that was that's settled. So now Xbox 19H2 is on 18363, and it doesn't make sense. Xbox, yeah. <laughs> right? Xbox, the Xbox Insider program has always provided a lot of insight into Windows 10 build numbers because the major updates are the same. Um, yeah. For example, you know, eighteen three sixty two was was uh, you know it was nineteen H one. It was nineteen oh three on Windows ten, nineteen oh four on Xbox, and um, I always like I, I say it provided insight because say um, say we're, we're trying to figure out what the RTM build is going to be for a feature update. They do monthly feature updates, so so before we even know if it's RTM for Windows ten, they're testing the next uh, monthly update. And if the monthly update is a cumulative update to the one that that's being tested, then you know it's RTM. So very yes. strange. Yeah, it means 19H2 yeah. for Xbox is going to be a bigger build number, which will be the very first time. Yeah, it will be very strange. I, I wonder if they're going to do this on Windows. I mean, they said it's going to be a cumulative update, but I it seems so weird, right? It is Why very weird. <laughs> they could they could bring it over to, to Windows 10. You know, they, they can, I, like there's no reason that they couldn't. You know, we speculated Windows 10 19H2 might increase the build number by one a while back. Um, yeah, because knows? that's how service packs work, I think, for Windows 7. You, you, I think Windows 7 was like build 7600 or something or something like that. And then... They had service pack one, and it was just 9601 or something, 7601, oh, something like that. I think that was the case. I'm not sure, but I think it, it was something like that. I have no idea. No idea. But, um, yeah, and I, I've asked a few people about it, and, and like, like PR didn't even respond to me, which is strange. Xbox PR is usually very good with stuff like that. Um, I asked some people on the Windows Insider team, and their response was, of course... Um, I, we have nothing to do with Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's it. Uh, I, I was just uh, sorry. I was just making sure. And yes, yeah, so Windows Seven Service Pack One just increased the major build number by one from seventy six hundred to seven six hundred one. They could, they could. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, like I said, like you know, the, the Windows Insider people, they know they they don't talk to me. I, I like they, they talk, but, you know, they know not to tell me anything important. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just very, very strange stuff, though. Um, well, I mean, we'll see. We, we, we didn't get a new uh, Windows 10 19H2 build this week. Um, you know, but the other thing that, that's different about it, though, is that the, um, the Windows 10 19H2 build is 18362.10,000, and the Xbox was... 18362.7000 so that that was different already so i mean, they they could they could branch off for this for this one update if they wanted to and then bring it back bring it back together for 20h1 really you know yeah, it's not like anyone cares when you think about it but no 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 one it, cares. <laughs> but it, it is strange <laughs> for people that I, did it 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always laugh at when, you know, like, like um, the May 2019 update, Windows 10, uh, it was version 1903. And people would say like, oh, well, maybe they're going to change the version number to 1905. Like, no, guys, why would they do that? <laughs> you know, most yeah. people don't even look at this thing. And there's no, there's no, it's, there's nothing that says like, like, oh, if it's 1903, it has to come out in March. You know, like, like people aren't, don't look at build numbers. They don't, yeah. you know, and, and they can service these things on two different branches for six months and then bring them back together with, with 20H1. Yeah, no, we don't know it's going to care. We're, we're the weird ones here. I can really yeah, assume. No. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, so, I mean, obviously Xbox is built on Windows 10, right? It shipped on Windows 8. But, um, so it, I think it made sense to have these things on the same development branch, the same builds, uh, but they're very different. Um, I, I, I don't know for sure how, how hard it would be to service them separately like that. But um, it looks like that's what's going to happen. I think that makes the most sense right now. Uh, yeah, and I don't really know what to expect anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's maybe they're just gonna split it up for this this one bill, or maybe they're gonna treat the in this time like a Windows time like a service pack used to be. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. tell us about eighteen nine three six. You added it to the notes for some reason. <laughs> we usually talk about it. That's really that's just figured, yeah. All right, why not? I figured it's, why not. Another dull 20H1 build. Yeah, not really anything big. Uh, if you have the your phone app, uh, the phone projection thing now works on more Surface devices. Yes, and uh, that is also not exclusive to this build. Yeah. Pro oh, yeah. It's yeah. part of the. Okay. Oh, it's part of a build a driver update. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's a driver update. Uh, people were tweeting about it that that they were getting it. Um, I, I think release preview and up. Any. Any of those, so what is it, Surface Laptop, Surface Laptop 2, Surface Pro 4, Pro 5, Pro 6, Surface Book, and Surface Book 2. Sweet. So that's everything except uh, my Surface. I have a Pro 3. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, they refer to the fifth generation Surface Pro as a Surface Pro 5. Pro 5. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's meaningless, but uh, <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> So, yeah, aside from that, you can create events from the calendar flyout. This is also not completely new. If it was possible to enable it in previous builds, I think it was like a hidden feature sort of oh. thing. So, yeah, now it's official. And you can log in without passwords entirely. So, Microsoft really doesn't like passwords. They've been doing this stuff to get rid of passwords completely. Haven't you always been like? Haven't you been able to sign in without passwords for a while? Like oh, that, yeah, yeah. The that idea is that you can. Authenticator. Oh yeah, you can always do that, and you have Windows and open the pin. I think the idea here is that you can completely disable passwords, so no one can oh, use your right. password to log in. That's what's new here. Now you can go into the settings and just disable the password altogether. And I, yeah. I mean. I guess that's if you if you're gonna get rid of passwords, you got to make that possible. To, to, Microsoft so. does want to get rid of passwords. Um, why um why are pins more secure though than than a password? I guess because so many people have bad passwords would probably be the biggest reason, you know. And I think 
another reason they mentioned is that your pin can be different for multiple devices and if you have your account with the same password that's and true. everything so that's right. part of the i think that's part of the reason yeah that so. makes sense <laughs> yeah another another dull windows yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty boring stuff but yeah there, yeah it's, there it you know is what's great is you're gonna write up a review for this update i'm sure next spring yeah. And you're gonna say, "Wow, there's a lot more in here than I thought," because because it, we're we're testing it for a full year this time, and there's always like one or two new features in each build. You know, I wonder if they'll even have that Big Bang type of build. You know, well, we'll see. I mean, there there usually is one or two like major ones, and yeah, I I would assume so, but who knows really? Yeah, we're still uh, well ahead of the normal testing time for this update. Yeah, so, we were very yeah. early on this. Yeah. 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 It, just, it just feels I, it feels like we're not because we've been testing it for so long now. Yeah, I mentioned that in every build post. And I when uh, when I when I was writing this week, I was like, I keep saying this. You're so early in this development cycle. People are going to start calling me out. When, it's, when yeah. is it going to stop being early in the development yeah. cycle? But yeah, yeah, we are. So. Yeah. All right, another dull Windows 10 build. That's 28 yeah. one. I, I'm way more interested in 19H2 at this point, um, just because there, there's still questions around it, and <laughs> if there's going to be any new features, which there probably won't be, or very minor ones if there are. But um, yeah, um, yeah. So Qualcomm yeah. introduced the Qualcomm 215, and um, I actually thought this was very interesting, although I'm sure very few people do because very few people are gonna are gonna ever own a device with this chipset. Um, yeah. So like like they haven't released a new 200 series chip or or, or a real upgrade like ever. Um, the like the yeah. original yeah the the original Snapdragon 200. It's not called Snapdragon anymore because it's too low end even for that. Um, <laughs> it was. A quad core uh, ARM Cortex A7 chip, and um, it's been that. So, like the Snapdragon 210 and 212 added things like um, take support for HD displays. Uh, 4G LTE was the big thing, and like the 212 has been out for years. Um, yeah, the 212 was in the Lumia 650. Right, right, and that came out in like February 2016. So. Right. It's been out for a while. The 210 was in the 550. Um, so uh, they, they did release at some point a, a Qualcomm 205, which was a dual-core chip for featured phones. So it's like even lower end than the, than probably even the 200. But um, so now the Qualcomm 215, it's, it's ARM Cortex A53 quad-core. So this is actually a really significant upgrade. And... Uh, yeah, big deal, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, sixty-four bit. I, yes, I, I think for people who, who purchase more in smartphones, this might actually be a big deal. So, but yeah. it, it gives MediaTek some competition because no one's using the Snapdragon two twelve at this point. So I guess if yeah. you buy a low-end phone, it's always with a snap with some something from MediaTek. Yeah, there's that. Um, a lot of at least in the United States because. Uh, I've mentioned this before. I think in the United States, you kind of have to use Qualcomm. There's almost nothing that's non-Qualcomm in the United States. Uh, 
And if you get a low end phone here, you're gonna get a Snapdragon 400 series. Oh, um, yeah. Or at least in that like hundred hundred and fifty dollar well hundred dollar price range, I'd say because even like the two hundred dollar price range is is providing something more now. Like it's a lot of value in the two hundred dollar price range. But um, yeah, and like so so like maybe if you got like if you found like a fifty dollar Android smartphone here, you might you might find something from MediaTek or something. But um, yeah, so so. Like Cortex A53 is a huge upgrade over A7. A7 is terrible. You should never use it for anything. Ever. <laughs> okay. okay. It's just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah, support support for a 1080p video capture. Um, that's that's new also. So it's 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 I I compared it in my article to uh, uh Snapdragon 410, which was the Snapdragon 400s upgrade from Cortex A7. Um yeah. So yeah, support for NFC. Yeah. A lot yeah. of interesting. A lot of the stuff that's pretty baseline at this point. So it's it's about time. Yeah. 1080p. So. Absolutely about time. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Cortex A7, um, so uh, Qualcomm might be working on a new smartwatch chipset. Even and again, it's about smart. time. Yeah. No, it really is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because the the twenty one hundred is already pretty old, and then they announced the thirty one hundred last year, and it was just about power management. Yeah, yeah, so I'm super excited for the thirty one hundred. Um, I have a thirty one hundred smartwatch. I have the Fossil Sport. I still wear it, and it's crazy how bad it is. Uh, <laughs> and I don't mean the watch itself, because the watch itself is awesome. It's just crazy that that. You can put out a brand new um, Android or, or Wear OS smartwatch and brand new with the best hardware and it's still going to have sluggish performance because there's no good chipset to put in there, you know? Yeah, that that kind of sucks. I wonder if MediaTek has anything on that front. But again, if it's in the U.S. and you got to use Snapdragon. Then that, well, yeah. we, well, in the U.S., they, you have to use Qualcomm for anything that connects to cellular, really. Um, you know, and I, and I mean, that, that's, it's a, it, that's a very blanket statement, you know, where, where, um, obviously we have some PCs that have Intel cellular modems. There's a, I mean, Apple uses, uh, Intel cellular modems. So like, like it's, it's there, but you know, not for, very for the common. Most part, no, no, it's, it's not, not very common. And, um, like some companies like Huawei has always struggled. So um for like from what I understand, the Galaxy S six that used the 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 Samsung Exynos chipset uh actually had to use the Qualcomm modem. So yeah, and yeah. that that's and why I think most most Samsung fonts don't come without with the Exynos in Europe and then Snapdragon in America or something like that. Right. That's why. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so so the new the new wearable chipset would be like the same the same kind of move as the the Qualcomm uh, two fifteen, which would be like like switching from Cortex A seven to A fifty three. It's a big upgrade, you know. It's it's uh, really important. I, I I like the good things that the thirty one hundred did. I hope they keep that that power management stuff. Um, they used they call it big small tiny architecture, where um, 
you know, they, it's it's like big little in phones, but scaled down for smartwatches. So you have big cores that, that are doing uh, the bulk of the work. And then you have smaller cores that are doing more efficient tasks, like ambient, uh, the ambient display. It's not sucking down power when it when it's on the ambient display. So now you can do things like you can have a moving second hand on on the ambient display, and you can have colors on the ambient display. It's it's pretty cool stuff. You just there just haven't been any performance improvements, and it's it's not it's not good at this it, point. Yeah, it's long overdue because it's been a few years. And yeah. And well, yeah. the Apple Watch is basically without real competition because of that, because the, the processors on Android Wear, uh, Wear OS, I mean, right? Just, it, it absolutely yeah. is too. I also think Watch OS is just a more polished uh, operating system than Wear OS is. It's just a lot like Wear OS always feels kind of well. For one thing, it feels like like a, a square peg in a round hole still. All the Wear OS watches have round faces now, and it feels like an OS that's designed for square faces. And the truth is, it's always gonna—it's probably always gonna feel that way because a, a rectangular display is still the most efficient way to display information. So, yeah. you know, like you're scrolling up and down, left to right, whatever. It's—it's it's gonna look weird coming in from a round display, and. Um, you know, Apple has pulled it off. I gotta say, they've done, they've done a good job. Yeah, the and Apple Watch does really feel nice. I, I don't have one, but I, 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 whenever I try it, I do like it. Yeah, I have one, and um, I gotta say, it's pretty much the only thing that that pulls me into into iPhones at this point. Um, I would use Android all the time if 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 I could get a decent smartwatch with it. You know. <laughs> I, I care a lot about smartwatches. I I actually do you use a smartwatch at all? Anything? I have the Nubia Alpha that I had for review. Yeah. So how do you how do you like the the Nubia Alpha? Is it? I mean, do do you like do you like wearing a smartwatch in general? Um. Well, this is my first one, and I can't speak for every smartwatch. This one I feel is a little heavy, and it's also very. It, it makes me like in the summer now. I, I'm constantly hot and it just makes me get like start getting sweaty there yeah so that's where that, that's right no no the nubia has its own operating okay. system yeah because okay. the screen is so weird i don't think where os would even work on that yeah well where os is on a whole bunch of types of screens <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe, i'm sure I, it would work yeah it probably would have been better just because there's really not a lot we can do with the nubia alpha and yeah. that that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I like um, I I like the most important thing to me on a smartwatch is being able to see notifications. So yeah, I'm for me to too. do that. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that does work. There there are a couple other things that I like to do. I I like I like navigation, and that that's why I always tend to stick with Wear OS and Apple Watch is because they they have they have navigation built in. So so if I'm driving somewhere. Uh, I don't have to look to my phone for directions. I just have it on my wrist. And that's always useful. I, I don't respond to notifications from my watch, which I, I can, but I don't. Um, I rarely use my Apple Watch for streaming music, which, you know, occasionally I'll go to the gym and, I, and I'll I'll put on some Bluetooth headphones, but that's it, you know? So yeah. I do like smartwatches. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I can't I'm remember that one at this point. 
I am interested in them. I do think the the Nubia Alpha is very limited. That's really my biggest problem with it. There's, yeah. I mean, I I can see notifications, but I wish I could dismiss them on my watch and make them disappear on my phone, which that doesn't do. So, oh yeah, I just I just have duplicate notifications all the time, and that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about Microsoft Edge. Okay, we had we had a new we had two new uh, dev builds this week. Um, read aloud in PDFs. So the, the first one was 77.0.211.2, and then they did .3 yesterday, which I don't think it, they even posted a change log for it. Um, I've stopped using Edge, by the way. I'm back on Chrome. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, back to back to the new Edge build. Uh, read aloud in PDF. There's a whole list of features here. Some of them are minor. Some of them are significant. Uh, enabling smart screen on Mac OS by default. Um, enable secure receipt of payment card data, um, enable application reputation from smart screen by default, fix uh, to support Dolby Audio on Windows 8. Um, lots of stuff. Did, did you install it? Uh, yeah, it installs automatically, but I'm just always using right. well, yeah. Canary. Dumb question. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't use Canary. Um, I think we've talked about this before. I, I prefer the stability of, of the dev branch. And I'll move to beta when that's out too. I I, I don't need beta features. I just want the browser. <laughs> so um, yeah, so so that was the, the first weekly dev build. And then and then later in the week, um at some point they, they turned on IE mode. Did you oh. did you Yeah. Yeah. IE mode. And- Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't actually notice. I, I mean, I think I read about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah. well, we kind of broke that story. Um, <laughs> so, so um, basically, uh, so uh, I think it was last week, someone, or maybe a, a couple weeks ago, uh, someone discovered the flag in, in Edge to enable IE integration. And if you turned it on, what it would do is it would add an option to the menu that said, open this in um, Internet Explorer. Yeah, show show this page using Internet Explorer. And when you did that, it would just launch Internet Explorer and open that page. And it might even give you, I think it even gave you an error message in Edge and say, your version of Internet Explorer needs to be updated to use this feature or something like that. So, Uh yeah, so... I, I checked the flag the other day, and I noticed that that one it was changed to disabled, and also there were new options. There's a new option. There's one that's IE mode, and there's one that's need IE. So I um, turned on IE mode. Sure enough, um, if you choose to show this page using Internet Explorer, it just does it within that tab, which uh, is pretty cool. I'll never use yeah, it again. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it is one of the more interesting features of it for a lot yeah. of people. So yeah, that is good. I, for, for businesses, it's it's great. And so that, that was the other thing that they announced ahead of uh, the Inspire conference this week is that Edge Dev is now supported for, uh, or it's now ready for, for enterprise testing. So I'm guessing that's why they enabled this feature now and Interestingly, um, I couldn't get it to work in Canary, so I wonder if it had something to do with with being ready for enterprise testing, 
just because they said Edge Dev is ready, and I wonder if they just didn't enable it for Canary yet because of that. Uh, yeah, maybe they just they didn't want to put businesses on Canary, maybe. So they just made like they they enable IE mode in the Dev branch. Well, they're not they're not going to suggest Canary for businesses, you know. I I mean. Businesses have to have to test this stuff, and and Canary Canary's meant to be unstable at times. You yeah. Know, um, Edge Dev is meant to be more stable, and and it's better for testing for a production environment. You know, they're yeah. not looking to be on the bleeding edge of new features. So so that's one of the. I'm surprised. <laughs> I mean, they don't have beta yet. I'm I'm surprised that that they didn't wait for beta and then say beta's ready for for enterprise testing. But I guess I guess uh, they just wanted it for Inspire, really. Yeah, you got you got to have something just to, just say you have it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder when I still wonder when when beta's going to be ready. Like it's there's still stuff that doesn't work. Yeah, you know, but at this point, what doesn't work? Uh, out of curiosity. What doesn't work? Well, one that there's no native ARM64 support still. Oh yeah. Um, there's still no password syncing. I don't believe it syncs your history yet. So no. I, like this is basic stuff that doesn't work. That's why I'm back yeah. on Chrome. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually don't rely that much on. I mean, it would be nice to have the history at least syncing. But yeah. yeah. Well, here, here's what here's why why I I switch back to Chrome for now. For now, um, you know, yeah, like you know, I, I get a new laptop. I, I'd say on average once a week, and I and I'm I'm setting up a new Windows 10 PC on average once a week. So so what I do is I install Chrome, sign in, sync all my history, passwords, and bookmarks, and then I install Edge and I import everything. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, because because you can't just install Edge and have that stuff sync from your Microsoft account yet. It still doesn't work. Um, so now it's been so long though, because this started in like April. So it's been so long that that some of my history is not syncing because it's been so long since I've used Chrome. So now, so what I've started doing is on the new laptops that that I set up, I just started just using Chrome. And now I'm just back to using it on my desktop for the time being. Uh, honestly, I just I just need password syncing to work in Edge for this to be reasonable. So, yeah, hopefully soon. But yeah, they so have gotten over some barriers, so now it's on uh, previous versions of Windows. Yes, uh, and they live on dark mode now, so you can you have an actual toggle for dark mode. So. You know, if you're on on previous versions of, of versions of Windows, it because those those don't have a dark mode in the system settings. Now you right. can just enable it in the browser. So that's another step that I think people would want. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I just yeah. you know, it it doesn't seem to me like they're ready for for beta yet. I, yeah, I probably just, not. Like, when is this gonna happen? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully sooner rather than later, really. When do you think this will launch? When do you think it'll be generally available? I I mean, we're still not that far into 2019, so I just hope it's still this year because at this point 
it's starting to seem shaky, but I think it should come this, I don't know. Well, Maybe around the same time as 9H2, you think it will be ready by then? I don't, I doubt it'll be ready by then. You know, what, well, I, the thing is, the thing is, if they, if they, if they don't get it done by the end of the year, and they release it for Windows 7 after the end of Windows 7 support, that'll be nuts. Okay? Yeah. Nuts. It's not so, entirely surprising considering it's Microsoft, but yeah. It would yeah. be strange. <laughs> well, it would be kind of surprising because Microsoft doesn't support their unsupported products. You know, when they say this OS is ending support, you don't get support for other Microsoft products on that OS anymore. Um, but it's you know Edge is supported for Windows 8, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a a guessing game with Microsoft. <laughs> I think they could get it done by by the end of this year. Um, it's really so. to, to me, it's just those two things. It's ARM 64 and and password. I I I'm just I'm just really surprised that they didn't focus on that stuff first. You know, they started announcing new features at Build before they got some of the core stuff done. And now those new features are being introduced before that core stuff is done. Yeah, it's, uh, it is weird. I, maybe they, they personally don't consider it a core thing. They I have don't to. know. They have to, well, but like, here's the thing, right? If you're, if you're making software, anything, before you, be, you have to have a list of features that you want this thing to do. You have to have a roadmap of things you want it to do in the future. But you have to have a list of things that this thing must do before it launches. And those two things have to be on that list. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to be. Yeah, it at this point. It's... Not to be. Yeah, you're right. It is a very uh, they're very uh, base basic features at this point. Everyone's doing it, so yeah. All right, take it away. <laughs> so this is the one I've been waiting for. I know. <laughs> so uh, Nintendo Nintendo announced earlier this week that they're coming out with a Switch Lite. We've known this was coming for a while, by the way. There's so many reports on stuff like this. Yeah. It, it had to happen. So basically, it's a lighter version of the Switch. So there's there's a smaller screen. So it's 5.5 inches instead of 6.2. Uh, the Joy-Con controllers are not. You can't separate them the the controls from the console anymore. They're built into the hardware, uh, and it obviously disables some features like uh, the ability to connect to the TV. You don't get HD rumble. Uh, you don't have the IR camera at the bottom because you're not going to be pointing the home console at anything, so it's whatever. And it doesn't have a kickstand, which I, I was actually kind of surprised that it doesn't have a kickstand. But Why? Um, Why would you need a kickstand I, I, on a device like this that you can't take the Joy-Cons off of? That's I, I just thought they would make it, just have it there because you can connect Joy-Cons if you have them separate Joy-Cons. Right, okay. But... I guess it makes some sense, but I thought they'd still keep it there, but it's whatever. So obviously some games that require the Joy-Con don't really work out of the box. You had one to Switch, which was a launch title. 
uh, that just use the joy-con you, you aren't even meant to look at the screen most of the time so that's not gonna work they say that every game that supports handheld mode will work there are some things here that i'm weirded out by like super mario odyssey um because super mario odyssey there are some missions in that game where there's uh, there's stuff that's buried under the ground and they use that hd rumble uh, so the vibrations get stronger in the direction that you need to go on the ground. There's stuff that's buried, you can't see it, and so the, the controllers vibrate to indicate where you need to go. And so yeah. if, if they remove HD Rumble, I think it could still work. HD Rumble is uh, kind of complex. You have like five uh, vibration motors in each Joy-Con, so to get that realistic, that's why they call it HD. That has that more realistic effect. And I guess if they just have one or two motors on each side or something like that, it should still work for that purpose. It just won't be as realistic. Oh, so there's, this is just like SD rumble? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Could All right, that. sure. <laughs> All right. If it has, I think the spec sheet just says it doesn't have HD rumble. I don't know if that means it doesn't have rumble at all, because their previous okay. handhelds haven't had rumble. And yeah. or if it just it'll be it'll be super weird if if they came out with this thing and it didn't have uh, proper support for their flagship games that they never lower yeah. the price on. Yeah, <laughs> that that is a big that that would be a big deal because they said specifically that it could work with Super Mario Odyssey. So that that's yet to be tested, but I do hope they enable that. Um, I also find it weird that they say it can connect to the dock. But if you look at the bottom of the console, the, the little two the little holes that are on the sides of the USB port, which I think are there for the dock, this it still has the holes there. So I don't know if why if they're actually disabling its ability to work to work. It's for sure not going to work in the current dock because the, the switch is smaller, so the, the buttons are gonna get in the better. way. Yeah. yeah. It's just not going to be able to go into the current dock, but it could be possible that it's just maybe they'll have a different kind of dock. Because I always thought they would do this and have it be a cheaper entry point that you can buy if you don't care that much about TV mode. But if you want to, and if you eventually end up wanting to pay more for that ability, you can just buy a dock and you start using it that way with some limitations because you okay, have to buy a dock and a Joy-Con, of course. It ends up being well, more expensive, but you don't have to make the investment all at once. And I You thought can that probably would... just buy a, a USB Type-C to HDMI adapter. Nintendo is very weird about it. I don't know if that works because there were some third-party docks and the, I found some YouTubers on this and everyone, the, 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 the only person I really see talking about this, they say you shouldn't buy third-party docks because it can mess really? you up. Yeah. Really? So, wow. what some people do, if you really have the money to spend, is just you buy an actual Nintendo dock and you can just take out the internals because it's a super small chipset inside that chunk of plastic. It's a super yes. small thing. And you can just take that out and put it into a different body because people just make the shell. And you just couldn't put the you... chipset in, inside that. And, yeah. Couldn't you then just take the the regular dock and use a... USB Type C extender cable from that dock. That 
could be a possibility. Uh, yeah. If yes, I, th- I I guess the draw of the switch is that you can just you have it propped up like that. And the idea right. of, of the dock is that it doesn't block the air intake vents around on the back. Right. Because if you if you look at the body of the dock, it has holes aligned with those vents on the switch itself, so the air can still come in to cool the the processor. Sure. So sure. that's part of the idea. They don't want to have that plot. But no. anyways, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about what this means specifically. Uh, for one thing, it means that Nintendo is going to keep up the original strategy of having, having different entry points for different people because not everyone wants to spend $300 on the Switch. You add the 3DS, then they add the 3DS XL, then they add the 2DS, and they add these three sort of levels that people could choose from depending on the feature set that they wanted and how much they were willing to spend. So at this point, the price points are probably different than I remember them. But the 2DS was like 120, then you had the, the 3DS was 170, and the 3DS XM was 200. So yeah. this is not new for Nintendo. They're just keeping up with that sort of, that same sort of split there. So well, Microsoft more... does the same thing, except what Microsoft does is they lower the price of the existing one and they put out a better one rather than keeping the price the same as with the existing one after two years and then putting out a lower end <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, people, I saw your tweet about that and I want to address that too. It address me, it. Uh, <laughs> I get angry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't waste my energy with this. I get angry at, at stuff like this. Uh, I saw both you and Daniel Rubino from Windows Central complained about They also said that the original Switch was overpriced. And it, it, I find it weird because the people that two people that I saw say, say that also happened to have already bought the Switch. So yeah. yeah, what you're telling Nintendo is that you know I want to pay less for this, but you know I'm going to pay the three hundred dollars anyway. So um, Nintendo sees this, and of course they're going to think, then why the heck am I going to lower the price if you're just going to give me the three hundred dollars anyway? Why would I do that? And and that's really it. The the 3D, the switch is still selling really well. So they have n- I can no tell reason. you with some authority that I'll probably never buy a Nintendo product after this. But <laughs> I, I probably that's... never will. Um, and, and and let me explain that a little bit because we've talked about it a lot. Um, here's, here's the thing, right? Right. If you look at what what Xbox, the original Xbox One was five hundred dollars, and it came bundled to Connect. And um, yeah. now you can pay five hundred dollars for the Xbox One X which supports uh, 4K, 4K gaming. So, so that's yeah. what Microsoft said. But, but with, with my Switch, you know, I, I play it, you know, uh, pretty frequently. I've been, I've been playing RBI Baseball 2019, and mm-hmm. um, it chokes up a lot. And, and the thing about console gaming is that, is that it should be games that are built for the system it's shipping on. And, and it, it really chokes up on, on this game. And, and, um, the hardware is not powerful enough. There needs to be a more powerful model, and um, that should be the one that they're selling for three hundred dollars. You know, like this is a two-year-old. This is a two-year-old. Con- was it? It's two years old. Am I, am I yeah, right? Yes, two, two, two years and a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like, yeah, we bought one. Like, you know, um, I had the original Xbox One as well. It's, it's like, like, you know. After two years, that doesn't mean it's still worth the price it was t- two years ago. Well, but you still bought it this year, right? You bought it only this year, so it's not. I got it as a gift, really, but yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah. Yeah. my I get that and I think they will lower the price on this once they release the higher end model um, but that's just this the way you're, you're expecting this to be done they're never going to do that because the Switch is still selling well very well I, should, I might add and the idea here is just to make so the people that don't want to buy the $300 Switch and if they don't care about TV mode now they can buy it for cheaper and people will still want the, all that capability. They can just still spend the $300 and give Nintendo more money and they're going to be happy about that. So that's part of their strategy. Usually I, I, with the 3DS, they actually came out with the higher end model first, but on the, I guess this time around, they just came up with the, the cheaper one first. So. Uh, most likely when the new one comes out, maybe this one will drop to like 250 or something. And then the new one will be 300, 300 and something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but well, you that, don't. The way that, <laughs> huh? that Verge, Verge article is written with, or the way it, it kind oh. of feels like they would just upgrade the original Switch and um, discontinue um, the old one. Yeah, I was going to get into that uh, a little bit later. I think the way this is filed, the way the filing goes, I don't think they're really upgrading the original Switch because I don't think you can just change the internal significantly and keep the same FCC ID. I think what we're talking about here is something just in terms of changing the, the chipset, sure, but not to an extent that it actually affects the way the product works for people. So I think this the, the this filing specifically, and I actually only realized that after I already added this, but I think this filing specifically seems to be maybe they're going to change the hardware, the processor, so it's safer because you know there's a lot of um, hacking going on in the current processor. There's, there's, this was known basically since the switch came out, and they've been coming out with software fixes for that uh, every now and then. I think if they change the the hardware, that would make it easier. So you I don't think not... it's going to boost performance? Is what you're saying? I don't think this specific filing here is going to change things significantly. I don't think so. Well, that it sucks. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is, uh, if anything, this is going to have the same the processor as the Switch Lite, which is supposed to be more efficient. And the Switch Lite does have a little more battery life. So maybe that will change uh, on the regular Switch model. But aside from that, I really don't see it happening. But, yeah. you know, I think they're still going to have an upgraded model later on. It's just not this one. Uh, and even The Verge says that. They say, they say here it's not, we're not talking about the rumored Switch Pro, whatever. Did so, you get mad when I called them the Apple of video games? No, <laughs> uh, I did not. They I are. agree. <laughs> I agree with you. And um, I think the thing about that is that I wanted to make a joke about it. I was just going to say, um, I don't remember. I, I don't think Apple makes the best products in their business. That's the only difference. Right. The only difference I see. But um, I don't think Nintendo does similar. either. <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, I don't think Nintendo does either. Like I said, it's underpowered. It's um, overpriced. The games are overpriced. You're paying for for years old hardware, years old software for 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 high high prices. You know, and people and, pay them, and that's what makes them the Apple. That's what makes them the yeah. Apple video game. Yeah, and people, people defend for them for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say, well, you bought a Switch this year, so so obviously you guys are full of crap. See, 
It's the <laughs> same thing, but applied to video games. Yeah, it is. You know, look at it. It is pretty much the same thing. But I keep defending them, and I I agree with you that they're the Apple of video games in many ways because ultimately it, it's not about the hardware. It's like Apple has been doing multitasking better than Android with much less RAM for a long time. For example, the the way you change apps and everything is always been faster on iPhone, I believe. And uh, Android handles background tests a lot better than Apple does. Maybe you know, I'm like, not sure. like if you ha- if you have like say, like OneDrive OneDrive Photo Backup, okay, or yeah. Google Photos Backup, anything. If you don't open that app ever again, they'll just stop backing up at some point on an iPhone. You know, because those apps just stop working in the background at some point. So I wonder if they do that for some sort of security reason or something. I don't know. I don't think no, it's it's probably for it's probably for battery life that that apps just get shut down after a certain amount of time. Um, you know, it's it's battery life performance. It's it's you know the less things that are happening in the background, the better the overall experience is. Yeah. But then at the same time, things that happen in the background stop working, and when you yeah. expect it to work. So. Yeah, I get that. But what I what I what I disagree with you is that we're making. Uh, the video game market, spe- specifically the console market, about specs and people count the, the the switch overpriced based on the fact that the hardware is old and not as powerful. And of course it is. No, 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 no. It's not just about specs. I very specifically said that that the game that I've been playing chokes up on the current specs. So it's not just about specs. It's about the the user experience given given the specs. That, you know, and I, uh, it, it, for for example, like if you you could put as low end specs as you want in there, as long as the games run fine, it doesn't matter. But the games aren't running fine. This is a cross platform game, right? That's yeah. the RBI. Yeah, so that is a common problem, and I'm not defending or attacking Nintendo because I don't think that Nintendo doesn't make the game, and. Ultimately, the, the way the conversion, <laughs> the way the port is handled, that's not up to Nintendo. If 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 it's not running fine, and oh, if it, oh, it absolutely is up to Nintendo. Who do you think decides who who gets to put games in the store? Nintendo absolutely <laughs> has to approve these games before they go out there. That's like no, downloading but, a third party app from the iOS App Store and the app sucking and saying, "Well, it's not on Apple because because they didn't make the app." It's well, it's. Uh, <laughs> And that would argue I'm that. just saying. I mean, Apple of video games. <laughs> yeah. But but I I think it's not Apple's fault. I mean, they have to. They don't have to approve. But it, it's not their responsibility to make sure that other other people's apps are good or other people's games are good. If people still want to buy them, I mean, that's it is kind though of because it's the people that use the product are going to blame the product. You know, like because if I was playing RBI Baseball 2019 on my on my Xbox One X or an Xbox One S or a PC, I don't even know if it's available for PC to be honest. Um, <laughs> if, if but if, but if I was, it would run a lot better. The animations would be a lot smoother. It wouldn't you know freeze up for a split second every once in a while. Um, so so like like that stuff matters. You know, it, it's the and that's that's why every video game console manufacturer has strict rules about the about the games that they allow in the store like if if you decided you wanted to make a video game today um you have to go through a process to to get that to be available on a nintendo switch and an xbox one and a playstation 4 you know so 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 
It, like like it is an issue because because people are going to blame blame the hardware when when stuff doesn't work. Well, well, but again, I mean, other platforms are aren't exempt from this. Anthem was a terrible game for a lot of people, and the, the way it performed on any platform. And uh, if you look back, I'm going to take an old example because actually I'm not that very informed about the games that came out on other platforms. But Bayonetta uh, in 2010 came out on the PlayStation 3 and was horrible. Mm -hmm. Everyone hated it on the PlayStation 3 and ran much better on the Xbox One because that's up to how developers make it. And of course, Sony could have denied them uh, entry into the, the, the PlayStation market, but they didn't because companies are allowed to make the games they want and if they're terrible you know people shouldn't buy them obviously um so that happens a lot with nintendo more than it happens with other companies and i i do think that's because the more specs uh make it so that companies aren't as interested in all the work it takes to make it work well so that does tend to happen and of course that kind of sucks if you plan to play a lot of third-party games on there but that's uh, the thing. If if you're a company making a video game console, then it you know this stuff happens, so it's on you to make a more powerful console to compensate for the third party games being built for it. Um, I suppose. All I'm, I'm saying I'm is they should build a more you. powerful Switch. <laughs> you know, that's it. I don't. I don't think I agree. I mean, it's gonna happen either way, and but I don't think it. I I I wouldn't blame Nintendo for the way companies port their games. But yeah, that's I. I just don't think people's complaints are completely uh, logical. I say because if you if you're buying the Switch for three hundred dollars and you're telling Nintendo that they should lower the price, uh, you they're not the going Switch. to. <laughs> but I know they're not going to, and they're not going to lower <laughs> the price of games. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah all I can tell you is from personal experience, I will likely never buy another nintendo console because <laughs> because i think it's absurd that that what like aside from from it, it feeling underpowered it, i think it's it's crazy that there's no uh services there's no like like game pass i would love it if microsoft brought game pass over to the, over to the switch because nintendo isn't doing anything for themselves um <laughs> You know, like, like you, you go out and you spend three hundred dollars on this thing, and then you got to go. You know, for the games that you bought it for, you, it's another sixty dollars a piece. It's 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 expensive, and it's it's uh yeah. I, I it was it was it was a shock when when I when mm -hmm. I got a switch and I, and I realized all these things that I take for granted for Xbox. Just um, Nintendo doesn't have anything that's that's doing anything similar. Yeah, well, Xbox and Microsoft and Sony can afford to do that because they have other businesses to back up their financial status. And uh, obviously, Nintendo only does this, so I don't know how, how easy it would be for them, how much easier or how easy it would be in comparison for them to have all that cheaper stuff that the other two have. But well, it's not I'm not saying... I mean, it's not cheaper stuff. It's like it's a subscription service. So, I mean... The way subscription services work is that is that they they could put their their own titles on it, which obviously they're gonna make they'd make a ton of money on it. I mean, Game Pass is ten dollars a month, right? For just for Xbox, Ultimate is fifteen, and and you know people don't really cancel subscription services, so that turns into one hundred and twenty a year, and if you do it for five years, it's six hundred dollars for and. 
you know, putting first-party games on there is, is a no-brainer. And then, and then the way it works is that you you pay a licensing fee to the the third-party games that you put on there. So, so if someone goes and installs, you know, a third-party game, that company that makes it gets X amount of dollars, and you know, maybe they get more money depending on how long you keep it installed on your machine, or how many times you play it, or how long you play it for, or whatever. But, but um. You know, it's it's not like Microsoft is just buying all the content from all the all these companies because they have all that money. It's it's licensing deals. Like, there's no reason that Nintendo couldn't do something like that. Well, I think they're making more money off selling sixty dollar games individually. Oh, I'm sure they're doing fine right now. At least. <laughs> I mean, the world is moving on, though. Um, so. You know, and you know, maybe you know it worked for them. And like like I said, the, and like that that's the reason that that I, I call them the Apple of video games is because it works for Apple. People can bash <laughs> Apple all they want, but Apple is making tons of money and the numbers <laughs> yeah. don't lie. You know, you know, like yeah. as long as it's working for Nintendo. Like like and like I, I always laugh at all those Apple doom and gloom articles that always used to come out because because people used to love to predict the 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 doom of Apple because because like there's no logic by which Apple should still be successful, yeah. <laughs> you know. And like, there's no logic by which Nintendo should be successful. There, there's like, Apple is like a relic from the age of when when hardware manufacturers used to make their own operating systems, you know. And there's no reason why one company that makes you know a handful of products and makes their own operating system for their products should be successful, and why why developers should make software. For those operating systems, like there's no logic behind that, you know. Well, I think so. I think ultimately, both for Apple and Nintendo, it comes up comes out to be the things that people are most passionate about, passionate about, and that you can't really measure on any like tangible sort of, you know, uh, tangible in a tangible way because you look at. Um, you can try. Apple, <laughs> you can try, but <laughs> Apple has there's a. Um, you don't know if you watch uh, YouTubers a lot, but MKBHD, uh, Marcus Brownlee, whatever his name, or yeah, Marcus, refer to him. Yeah. yeah, he had this video a while back about the Apple ecosystem, and he was asking a bunch of people at a party why they still have an iPhone, and almost everyone said it was about the Apple ecosystem because of iMessage, and oh, however the integration works, I have no idea because I, I have Apple products, but people really value that, and it's not something that you can always really measure in android because for one thing android doesn't really have a desktop counterpart that can sync all that all that stuff perfectly well they have so, android messages on the web you know well, um i really yeah, yeah i i actually went on a little rant about this last week remember about about apple's lack yeah, of, of web yeah. apps you know yeah, but yeah. like like their ecosystem is lacking too like the more they try to turn into a services company they, their ecosystem is it's it's lacking unless you have all Apple products and and most people don't, you know most yeah. most yeah. iPhone owners don't have a Mac. That's true. That's true. But it works for them somehow. Some people still defend that. And again, yeah, it, <laughs> absolutely, it works for them. You know, like like they're yeah. make, as long as they're making money, there there's no reason yeah. to change. And, and yeah, I I hope Nintendo doesn't go that that Apple route where like like Apple's thing is that that they they will change when when it's you know, at the line, we're like, all right, we have to change now. You know, I, I hope they don't wait that long. The thing is, Nintendo has been doing video games for a while, and I think they know it. They know very well the kind of position they're in, and I think they they're not doing this completely blindly because 
Nintendo used to be at the forefront of graphics in in consoles. The Nintendo 64 oh, yeah. was the only console that had 64-bit graphics compared to the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn. And they shifted that. The Super Nintendo was way ahead of the Sega Genesis. You know, yeah. That was way and back. Shift, yeah, and they shifted gears there. The GameCube was also still a little more powerful than the PlayStation 2. Things started to even out on there. And then the Wii, the, that Nintendo shifted gears completely because the, the Wii was almost just as powerful as the GameCube, just a little bit better. Meanwhile, Xbox yeah. and PlayStation 3 were way ahead in terms of graphics. But it still worked for Nintendo. They still sold 90 million units of the Wii, and they were the they won that generation, I believe. Well, they they uh, shifted to a, a blue ocean strategy, which is which is when you you rather than trying to to compete with the competition, you you try to create something that's new and different. Um, so so like that that's what they did with the Wii. You know, like it was something that was complete like. Yeah. It was not a similar product to um what was it at the at the time? Three Xbox 360 and PS3 or was it Yeah, 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 that was it. That was that, it. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah they, so they shifted there and it's been working out pretty well for them because it, it just it just has. Who knows why? Because they make these different things and people say some people say they innovate, some people say they don't they don't. It's about taking things that already exist, and that's the thing Apple also does a lot, and just making them work in a way that people don't really expect at the time. Motion controls really right. sold the Wii, and it's not like motion sensors were new, they just had never really been used that way in, in actual products that people could buy. And that's really what Nintendo does, and that's what Nintendo does with the Switch, because ultimately the dock is just a USB-C to HDMI converter, it's just... It's not really you would new. think, but apparently it's got some extra gadgets in there. <laughs> It'll mess you up. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It'll mess you up. Yeah. So that's really Nintendo does. They just have this sort of different take on things, and I think it works pretty well. I really, really like the 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 way the Switch works, and obviously the Switch Lite is a different thing. And I didn't never got to my second point, which about this, which is the Switch Lite is basically killing off the 3DS, if that wasn't obvious already. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, because the thing is, Nintendo launched the Switch in 2017, and it, it was obvious that it was a hybrid system, but they always, if you looked at the, the warning Nintendo used, it was always, this is a home console you can take with you. They never call it a portable console, they never, they never call it a hybrid, they always emphasized that it was a home console that you could take right. with you. Because they didn't want to kill the 3DS right away, because um, you had the Wii U, and that was a new thing too, and it was a huge failure. So they knew they couldn't put all their all their money on the same horse there. So they right. wanted to make sure that there was room for people to think that you know the 3DS could continue. But you know now things started to change a little bit last year. You had the last Nintendo Directs that had any 3DS games in them. The last one that I think came out in March this year. They had. Um, the Luigi's Mansion port or whatever it was. So now the 3DS is clearly dying. And they're coming out with something that's, this is the same start, the same price as the 3DS XL now. So this this is effectively killing, killing the 3DS, even though they say it isn't. They say the 3DS isn't dead, but I think there's, there, there, that's yeah. just obviously, <laughs> they're just yeah. trying to capitalize on people that want to spend less, even less than $200. And the, the 3DS already has all those games that came out. So if you still want to enjoy those, obviously they don't happily take your money. 
But they should port 3DS games to the Switch. Uh, people, I mean, I've heard that too. I, obviously, that would be nice. But there's two screens on the 3DS, and I don't know how they that right, would be. Make, yeah. It'll look weird. So they could do it. They did have DS games on the Wii U. So yeah, well, well, there's one thing. Right, they did. But, but one thing that they could do is is um use the the well no the, uh, you can't really dock it and still use the screen. No, yeah. I mean unless they, they they had a wireless setup with some kind of higher end model that that you know they could charge yeah. the same price for. Um, <laughs> you know they got a higher that connects to to a display wirelessly, and um and use dual screens for that. You know, well, no, what's interesting though is that the Wii U did that because you had the, the, the Wii U is still basically a console and the controller had the screen. So right. you still had the TV screen and the controller screen both at the same time. But still, I think DS games, just they just fit the two screens into the same screen. So it didn't really matter in the end. So they could still technically do that here. I just don't know if they will. Yeah. Uh, I doubt they will. But yeah, it would be interesting. So yeah, 3DS is dead. That's obvious. Uh, I still think there's going to be a higher end model of the Switch. This is just, this one is just cheaper. I am kind of excited about this one. Just for one thing, it has more commerce. <laughs> commerce. Uh, I do like that turquoise one, and especially I like the the Pokemon edition here at the end. I really like those commerce buttons. <laughs> Anyways, All <right>. another thing. <laughs> and this is the this is also the Switch for kids because that's always the what the cheapest one is, and not that's not only because it's cheaper, it's also going to be more durable because you have the Joy-Con. The only thing that I feel are, is fragile about the current Switch is the connection between the Joy-Con and the Switch. When I'm holding it, you can kind of like you can make the Joy-Con shake a little bit inside the the rail around the rail. You can you can feel it move a little bit. And that's the only thing that scares me about the the, the build quality of the current Switch, that it, it, it feels like that thing could break very easily. So this addresses okay. that, and I think this should be a very a much more durable version of the console. So if you drop it, Nintendo makes fairly resilient hardware in my experience. Aside from the, the analog sticks on the Switch, I keep sending my Joy-Con to repair for that. I don't know, man. I, I had to blow into cartridges as a kid, so... <laughs> yeah, <You know. laughs> but they still work. But they still work. <laughs> they did still work. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I think this will be a more resilient version. Uh, ideal for kids, obviously, if you still want all those capabilities that the current Switch has. You have to buy the original model or wait for whatever the new one's gonna be called. And I think that's that is going to happen sooner rather than later. Probably not this year, though. The reason they're launching this, by the way, is Pokemon. Just just putting it out there. Pokemon is the okay. reason. <laughs> is Pokemon is always the reason this stuff comes out. If you look at the 2DS, also came out the same year as the first 3DS game for the the three uh, the first Pokemon game for the 3DS. They came out in the same year, around the same time, because Pokemon is ultimately as much as I like it, it's marketed and aimed more at kids, and so is this hardware. So it just all comes together, makes great Christmas gifts, great sales. So. All right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I took. Up, I think we're out of time. <laughs> I took we're going up. way over. If you do, right, keep Sorry. talking. I don't want to cut you off. This is your moment. No, no. It's... I go. <laughs> I didn't usually talk that much. I just, I, yeah. So I know, <laughs> and I love it because I'm like relaxing right now. <laughs> 
So yeah, that, I had a lot to say about this. Uh, but yeah, I think this it is a good idea. Of course, if you care about TV mode, don't get a Switch Mini. It could still work. People will probably find some way to do that. Unless yeah. Nintendo is really just trying to annoy us. But, which shouldn't surprise me, by the way. But, no, me neither. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think people will probably find a way to make it work. So, yeah. That's about it. All right. Cool. Well, that's all the time we've got for today. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Like, like I said, this is your moment. I, like you've been. <laughs> I I added it to the notes just because I knew like like you needed this moment, you know. So, <laughs> so <laughs> all yeah, the Xbox uh, talk. Like now it's time, you know. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna put it. What? Uh, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna put a disclaimer when I write the podcast post tomorrow. I'm just gonna say you know the, the last thirty minutes is just me ranting about the switch. So if yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of let people know before they get into it. Uh, so yeah, I've got nothing on my calendar for next week. So yeah, I don't think there's anything. So yeah, I don't have anything for like the rest of the month. I, I have you know a couple meetings that I won't be able to talk about. But but uh, like there's no <laughs> big events. Um, yeah, you know what I'm looking forward to is Efa next month. But you know that's a ways away. Yeah, so. I would have liked to go, but yeah. Why aren't we sending you? Wait, did you ask? No, because I didn't ask because for MWC, Steve asked me if I wanted to go. And I just assumed that it would be the workflow all the time. You know, they just if you wanted me to go, you'd ask me. So I, I didn't oh, ask. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, you, think we, you think we think about this stuff? Like, you know, I, I don't think we've ever had anybody at IFA. Like, even when Andy was going to the European events, I don't think we used to send anybody to IFA. Um, I yeah. do think it's worth it. So, 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 um, I'll look into it. I mean, I'll I'll see what Steve thinks. You know, at this point, but, at uh, this point, it might be too late. The tickets will probably be super it expensive. It might be, but it might be, but we could look into it. You know. So yeah, uh, yeah. all right, yeah, guys, that's it. So um, I'm I'm <laughs> at the Rich Woods on Twitter. Uh, who are you? I am uh, in the spot. I n d o s p o t. If you don't know how to spell it, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, hey. at this point, you should know. But <laughs> yeah. Follow him for all of your Nintendo Switch news and rants. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we'll catch yeah. you next week. All right, see you, everyone.